Okay, folks, uh, this is actually, uh, we're going to be going back to JB's Kitchen, actually, uh, to introduce the interviews that you're about to see, and then we'll come back oh, out. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about uh, things that may have changed and whatnot afterwards. So let's go back to January 2020 in JB's Kitchen. We uh, also have some names here that uh, participated in what is called the Small school, small College uh, Showcase, showcase. Uh, or College Gridiron Showcase. Yeah. There's two pieces that showcase, the yep. small schools and then uh, the, the large one, although they will mix, apparently, some of the D3 guys into both. Yes. Uh, at least that's what happened this uh, past year. So, Tevin Jones, uh, linebacker from U, uh, University of Mayor Hard and Baylor, uh, from what we understand, was at least invited. We, th we were trying to reach out to him, see how when didn't, didn't get any uh, response as of this taping but um, he is definitely in the conversation uh, trying to uh, get a pro look and obviously with the numbers he had this season as one of the top tacklers in the country yeah. uh, he's going to be in that conversation I believe mm -hmm. uh, but also uh, D'Angelo Fulford, Mount Union, obviously. Uh, Jackson Erdman from St. John's. was. Uh, both were in that uh, situation there in that showcase. David Tamero uh, from Johns Hopkins. A lot of people don't necessarily know this about yeah. him, but he's been getting pro looks. A lot. And so... <laughs> We're going uh, to basically try uh, talking with him, uh, but first we wanted to talk about this sh this new showcase or newish uh, showcase that's going on, uh, JB. Uh, normally when we get outreach from all-star games or showcases like Early these, like, yeah. yeah, we don't like to promote them for the simple reason. What they're doing is asking for money from the student athletes to come and play in this game or come. Yeah, it's it, a pay to play type yeah. of situation for sure. So, you know, okay, you're, you already have kind of a ding against you in this, but the question really becomes when you do pay the money, are they delivering in what they promise? Yeah. And that's looks from scouts, maybe some lessons about what's next, etc. And we did reach out. Uh, and talk to a couple people about this small college uh, or small school showcase and the College Gridiron Showcase. And we got some good feedback. So mm -hmm. we wanted to bring on, I believe his uh, name is uh, Mr. Mike Riddleman. Sorry, Mike, uh, it took me a second there uh, on my notes. But he is the Director of Scouting and Player Personnel for the College Gridiron Showcase and Small School Showcase. And we want to ask him about this event and you know maybe you're, you're a junior uh, going to your senior year and might have the opportunity you might want to listen up to see what you have to expect if next year goes well for you mike thanks for joining us and uh you know congratulations on what we heard was a pretty successful uh college gridiron and small school showcase we'll, we'll talk about the distinction and what that is, means in a second but uh how did things go for you guys uh in this most uh, recent rendition of it it was awesome, man. Uh, we had over th all together with the main showcase and the uh, small school showcase. We had over 314 players from over 230 different schools from across the country and Canada. Uh, 
we had uh, 135-plus NFL and CFL scouts. 31 out of the 32 NFL teams were represented, and all nine CFL teams were in attendance. And it, it was awesome. I mean, it was uh, a great show of talent from all levels, uh, FBS, FD2, D3, NAIA. So it was it was a football paradise for me, man. It does sound like a football paradise, but I mean, there are a lot of these different um, all-star games uh, showcases and things that we've seen over the years. What uh, what kind of got you involved with this particular one, and what do you think kind of sets you guys apart from from all the other games that are going on out there? I guess. Yeah, so I started out four years ago with uh, with CGS as an intern, kind of working my way up with them. You know, uh, just graduated with my master's back in, who I want to say 16, 2016, 2015, 2016, uh, reached out to Craig Red. There was an opportunity. I knew someone on the staff at the time. Kind of grew from my role with CGS from there. Um, you know, I also coach at the event, help coach D-line. Uh, and then what, what sets us apart from the other great all-star games, I mean, any opportunity that uh, any event that gives the opportunity for kids to showcase their talents is, is a great one. But what sets ours apart is we're an OTA style format. We don't have a game. We, what we do is, uh, you know, you have your one-on-one, seven-on-seven inside run, but like there, there's no, we, we don't take the time during the week and implement a game plan. Uh, literally for offense, we hold up a card and say, go run the play. And it l lets the players play fast. Uh, defensively, we're, cover two, cover three, and then uh, play some man, whatever. I mean, we're no blitzing, but I just let let those guys play fast, physical, to showcase their talents uh, for the NFL and CFL. Mike, uh, we uh, in the intro here uh, kind of talked about this distinction, uh, albeit uh, a little bit blurred from what I understand, between the small school showcase and the college gridiron showcase. Could you explain what each is, what the differences are, and how it all works of course. to a degree? Yeah, so we implemented the small school showcase two years ago. So this is actually the second year for it. Uh, what it is, it's um, FCS... D2, D3, NAIA, uh, kind of those uh, lower-level unknown kids who still have the talent. Uh, we invite them for two days, uh, again, in our OTA format. And uh, what's cool about how we do it is we move up the 10 players from that small, show, school, show, uh, small school showcase, and uh, the scouts from the NFL and CFL teams pick who moves up. We have no say. The scouts will say, okay, we want to see so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. -and -so. We want them in your main four-day showcase, which our main four-day showcase is FBS, FCS, D2, D3, and AIA. Uh, and that's another way that can set the College Grand Iron Showcase apart from everyone else. Speaking of setting, uh, you know, setting things apart, I mean, as a, as a scout, what would you say, I mean, there are, there are obviously um, less opportunities for, you know, D3 uh, players to, to make that jump to the NFL. Um, what do you think uh, these types of opportunities, I mean, do they, do, do the scouts really, you know, care like, oh, this guy went to Mount Union or St. John's or wherever. Uh, is it, is it really more about the, you know, they're just 
assessing the athlete for the talents that they possess and trying to figure out, okay, this person could play in a, in a pro style type of offense or defense, or is it, is it more complicated than that? Is it political? Or from a scout's perspective, what's it really like for a, a small college guy to try to make that jump? Well, thanks for calling me a scout, man, but I'm still learning from this perspective with the game. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, uh, that, that was a nice title you gave me, but, uh, uh, the biggest thing is, if you can play, they'll find you. Uh, I, I mean, you have to have the physical attributes. I mean, you can't be, you know, a five foot ten offensive lineman who's two hundred fifty pounds, of course. But if you have the intangibles, and then overall, if you have the talent to play at, at a high level, they they will find you. I mean, we, we that couldn't be said better than watching Ben Barch at the Senior Bowl, which I got to go down and watch. And my goodness. He did not look like a D3 player at that event. But sure. uh, it, the biggest thing is if you have the talent, they'll find you. Well, if you guys have any need for a 43-year-old, uh, you know, possible QB that can't throw and have small hands, you let me know, okay? Well, I'll come down and showcase I, myself. You know what? I think a spot just opened up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he sure didn't. I think a spot, and, spot, spot just opened up. We'll, we'll, we'll take you. <laughs> Mike, you're too kind. But uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, a couple things. We, we did talk to some players and uh, their families that did attend. And so uh, they want us uh, mainly uh, complimentary stuff they said, but they uh, suggested a couple no, questions awesome. for us. So uh, first was, there's a cost to it, obviously. Uh, you know, these things Correct. don't run uh, for zero dollars uh, for obvious reasons. What does the money go toward? And Actually, you know, for those out there that have different options, th there are a lot of money-based, uh, you know, scouting-type uh, events out there, some better than others. What would you advise uh, families or players to look for when, when they're going to actually, you know, outlay some money toward these types of events? Oh, that's a great question. So, you know, the biggest thing I tell players, I mean, uh, is what is going to give you the most exposure? And, uh, you know, uh, there's other events. And, uh, of course, I don't know how they run, uh, like, for the smaller school showcases and whatnot. But for, for ours, I mean, we have the scouts there. For, at the small school showcase, we had about 85 scouts, I want to say. I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, guessing on that number. It's in that range. But, I mean, whatever, whatever gives you the most exposure in front of NFL and CFL teams, that should be your main concern. And of course, cost uh, does play a big effect to us um, in, in, for them making that decision. Uh, so what our cost covers, uh, you know, it covers their, uh, you know, their meals, you know, their, their transportation throughout the, uh, the duration of, like say for their small school showcase guys, their uh, you know, housing, um, Sorry, brain further. Housing, food, and transportation. Then, when we see, we get, if you make it from the small school showcase, then that that extends to our main showcase, and it covers our housing, food, and transportation as well. So, uh, let me ask you this: uh, we we've seen other showcases, etc., uh, kind of you know, do an all-out invitation, uh, or you know, wait for players to ask them to come in. 
How does the invitation or let's say bid process for a situation like this work? Are you doing more of the seeking of players? Are scouts telling you who to pick? How does that really work uh, in terms of who shows up or who gets invited, et cetera? So it's an interesting process for a young guy like me. Uh, I work closely with um, the two co-founders of the event, uh, Jose Jefferson and Craig Red, And also we've had Damon Talbot uh, recently come on and help out uh, with NFL Draft Diamonds uh, as well. He, he's done a great job helping us. But we actually start that process in, in August. And uh, we, we, we get, we're in contact with NFL and CFL teams of, you know, who's on their radar, who should we look, look, look at for our event, who would be a good fit for our event. I mean, it, it's, it, it's invitation only. Uh, we, we sit down as a group. Oh, well, phone conference every every Monday from August till a week before the event in late December of building a roster, per se, of inviting good talent to our event. And it seems like you guys have, you know, you found you definitely have dug through the the, the diamonds. You found a few of these uh, you know, D3 players, some of which have been on our show here and there um, from your I mean, I know you've probably looked at thousands of players uh, over this past season, but oh, yeah. are there any D oh, are yeah. there any D three guys that kind of you know that you can remember that sort of stood out to you? I mean obviously a lot of there's a lot of going on with Ben Barch from St. John's and you know given the the yeah. senior bowl and the coverage he's had there. But from the the event that you guys held or other events that you've heard of, do you think that there's any other potential diamonds in the rough, some D three guys that could end up maybe not necessarily getting drafted, but could end up as a UDFA uh, on an NFL roster uh, come the springtime? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, so one that comes to mind is D'Angelo Fulford from Mount Union, the quarterback. Man, he's got an arm, quick release, you know, had a strong week at CGS. Uh, he was on our main showcase. Great kid, great attitude, great athleticism. And, you know, you can see from his uh, time at Mount Union, his success he had. Um, Ty uh, Tyler Wetterings from Emory and Henry – uh, nimble offensive lineman. He was in our small school showcase, but I, I also got to say, the Duke and long snap. I mean, that's a that's a hidden talent, and he's like six five, uh, probably a little oh. over three hundred. But I mean, he's he was snapping uh, in front of some scouts, and I was like, wow, that's that's impressive. Um, Caleb Dalzall, George Fox EN from uh, George Fox, six six two seventy five. I mean, this guy's got. A, Big frame on him. Uh, uh, liked his hand usage. You know, disengaging blocks. I mean, played with a high motor. Uh, he actually played. You know, they moved him around the front at George Fox. But who wouldn't? I mean, with that size at the D three level, my man could play some ball. Uh, yeah. You know, Spe speaking of uh, speaking of long snappers, Mike, I, we we noted earlier this week that a. Um, a guy, I think uh, Brian Corey from Carnegie Mellon made the XFL. I, I, don't, I don't remember which team exactly, but he's a long snapper, so he found himself a pro opportunity. Oh, yeah. Has the has the has has the emergence of the XFL? Um, you know, do you think it's going to create more opportunities? I mean, we, last year we we thought we would have a lot more because we had the AF, right. we had Arena League, some of those you know no longer with us, but with the XFL now. And they've got about 10 uh, D3 guys. There's about 50 FCS guys on the roster uh, of those teams. What do you think the XFL sort of brings to the brings to the mix here from a scouting perspective? 
It's it's more opportunities. Uh, it's more opportunities to scout for uh, good quality players, which are at the D three level, D two level, and AIA. You know, FCS. Um, I, I mean, it, it creates an opportunity, and we we talked to them a little bit. Their their training camp started the week of our event or sometime around there, so they couldn't make it. And uh, uh, but that we we've been in contact with them. Uh, they've asked for our rosters, um, so it's. It's an exciting, exciting time to be playing football. One of the uh, players' uh, families that we talked to uh, had brought up that, again, good experience. Uh, one of the things that uh, they would like to see improved maybe is uh, for more positions to have individual coaches there or people familiar enough to set up the rotations. It was, in some cases, it was a little bit herky-jerky on the fly type stuff, but they still appreciate the exposure and everything else. Besides that kind of thing, what else do you think you will be able to improve on in future years for this? Uh, what, for instance, maybe between now and August before you start scouting out who exactly should come to the next one, what are you guys working on to make it more value-added even than what you had this year? Uh, you know, that's a great question. Uh, we're actually going to sit down and have a meeting, uh, myself and the two co-founders, uh, within the next week, we've kind of decompressed and let let everything uh, come to fruition here. Uh, it's been about three weeks since our event, and uh, so you can always improve. I mean, that's that, that's the big thing. Uh, you know, it's we're going to sit down, we're going to see what what we can improve on uh, from different angles of the organization, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Sounds good, Mike. I appreciate you uh, joining us here. Uh, and, you know, as we've said, uh, it, it's great to have the op- these opportunities, especially to get them in front of scouts uh, to the degree that we know your uh, showcase has uh, been able to do, uh, both the uh, small school and the college gridiron showcases that are out there. Uh, you know, we normally we offer this to our player guests, but uh, you're a new face on the show, so we're going to offer it to you, too. Okay. Any shout-outs right. you want to give? You gave some shout-outs to some players already, obviously, that you saw that you yeah. liked uh, from the D3 world. But anybody else want to give shout-outs to uh, D3 or otherwise? Uh, you know what? I, I'm a former D3 player myself. Uh, Waynesburg University football, uh, great little uh, program in southwestern Pennsylvania. Uh Played there for four years. Had an awesome experience. Actually, got the coach there for a year. Um, the the president's athletic conference is a good conference, and it it continues it continues to build notoriety uh, year in year out. And um, also, just staff at CGS, uh, Jose Jefferson, Craig Red, um, you know all those guys who work behind the scenes, and you know really. And, and thanks for giving a, a chance to a crazy young kid from Pittsburgh to be in this role um, i'm thankful man and thank you guys you guys rock i mean i listen to this every week and great stuff and bringing notoriety to d3 football well uh, think of us like emory hunt uh, to a certain degree uh emory uh, he's does a great awesome job. oh emory one of the hardest working guys in media for football uh just awesome to speak with them i mean just a wealth of knowledge every time you sit down and talk with them yeah, he is great. We appreciate him For and sure. his contributions over the years on this show and otherwise uh, with the ECAC show before uh, we got involved with yep. it to a certain degree. He is great. Uh, you're great, Mike. Uh, we appreciate it. We do not normally, uh, we're not promoting you per se, but we are at least getting uh, some due diligence done uh, for some folks out there. Oh, here. yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. 
And uh, it, you, you, yours does stand out. Like I said, for the scouting perspective and everything else, it does stand out. A lot of people are talking about it. So we wish you luck in it. Continue to expand uh, the exposure level that you can give to Division Three players. Sounds like you still have a passion for Division Three with your own history, too. So that's always great. Thanks again, and uh, good luck down the line. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Mike, for that. And also, we want to talk to uh, David Tamaro, who uh, was, as we said, in the Small School Showcase, and talk about his pro prospects generally and see uh, how things are going for him. So here is that interview. David, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been a little less than a year uh, since we last talked to you directly, and uh, we were talking about some not-so-happy moments about Johns Hopkins football uh, a year ago, January, uh, and Coach Markgraf's passing. Uh, the season was an up-and-down one for Johns Hopkins. If you had to give yourself and your team a progress report or report card based on the 2019 season overall, an 8-3 and three season for your team, what would it be right now? Um, you know, I think that's that's tough. Uh, I'm not sure if I could give it an exact grade. You know, grades are kind of uh, binary, and you know, there's a lot lot that goes into it. But um, no, I think that there was definitely some ups and downs, like you said. Um, it was a lot of you know. I'll say that that's one thing I can say is that you know we had a first time head coach, first time offensive coordinator, first time defensive coordinator, and first time special teams coordinator. So you know, that's that was definitely tough. You know, it took a lot of adjusting and. I think you could see that, you know, we dropped an early game uh, to Susquehanna. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I'm proud of the way the team fighted. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a good year, it was a great year, way to spend my senior year. Maybe it's not necessarily how I would have expected it, you know, last December, but uh, it definitely was a memorable year. And I think it was a great year to go out on for me personally. Well, uh, David, and it was a memorable year in many respects because I understand, and you have to kind of dig around for this for this kind of information. But this is what I'm here for: this deep stat stuff. That's why Frank keeps me around. But I understand you finished your career as that the all time. I'm not talking about Division three. I'm talking about for any division of college football with the best interception avoidance uh, record. So basically, you threw over. 1,200 passes in your in your career, only 16 interceptions. The best mark before that was something around 1.5%. Uh, uh, um, that 1,216 is about 1.33%. So, uh, yeah, I, I spend Sundays going down to see the Buccaneers, and we get about two interceptions every game with Jameis Winston. I mean, pretty impressive, uh, you know, feat and congratulations. But I have to imagine that that sort of statistic and the fact that you have been so accurate and you're not turning the ball over might be a reason why that you're now starting to get some interest from pro scouts. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what's going on with that. You know, now that your senior year is over, how did the sort of transition point go from, hey, I'm just a D3 uh, quarterback and, and uh, you know, maybe set some national records here and there, but you're now, seems like you've transitioned into a, a real bona fide pro prospect. How did that happen? Yeah, thank you. Well, that's pretty cool. You mentioned that. I didn't even know that record existed, um, more more or less know that I had it. But, you know, thanks. That's awesome. And I think, you know, it, it starts back uh, my junior year, you know. So I'll say uh, about springtime of my junior year, uh, my coach said, you know, we got uh, two teams that are interested in you as the first two teams that have ever contacted about me. And uh, they want to come meet you um, at the school in the football office and kind of 
run through an interview, you know, and, and talk to you a little bit. So that was pretty cool. You know, that was after my my second year starting. I started first as a sophomore and second year as a junior. Um, so I had two teams come in in spring. Uh, I met with them. We kind of just did a little interview. Uh, they had me do the Wonderlick test. They did some measurements. You know, they did hand size, arm length, uh, height, weight, all, all that good stuff. And then uh, they kind of, you know, went on their way. But, um, you know, at the time I, I kind of got kind of where it, it transitioned from, hey, you know, it's, it's my dream to play in the NFL to, hey, you know, I can really do this if I, you know, work hard and have another great year. And then um, over the summer, you know, I wasn't really getting much attention from scouts. Obviously, they're busy with their own season and I'm not, you know, at campus. I'm, I was off doing an internship. Uh, but then when I came back, you know, we had our two, three weeks of uh, fall camp before the season started. And I think eight or nine teams came in, you know, it was a new team was coming in almost every day at practice to come, you know, watch me throw. Um, so that was really cool. And that was really where it was like, wow, David, like if you work really hard, you can achieve this. So, you know, that was that was that, you know, so now it's kind of been, a, a you know, six more months. I've had a lot of teams come in. We had a 25 out of the 30 or 32 teams in the NFL come come in to see me uh, this fall, watch me either at games or at practices. And, you know, I just went to the College Gridiron Showcase down in Texas, which was a great experience, met some more scouts talk to some more guys so no now I think it's a real possibility and uh it's gonna take a lot of work these next couple months but I'm ready for it David do you, do you think this hand size would be enough for a 43 year old to maybe enter the pros a little late just a little bit later than uh, you are possibly uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no unfortunately I don't <laughs> unfortunately no but uh so wow. I, when I got my hands when I got my hand size measured uh back uh, with the two teams in the spring it was a 10 and 3 eighths which you know, I was told it's really good. They, they made me measure it three times because they didn't really Man, think that was possible for me, a guy, you know, six, three, six, three. But it is, you know, I got some pretty big hands. <laughs> okay. Isn't uh, it kind well, of we fun? Well, wait a minute. No, it, well, but isn't this kind of funny, David? I mean, really, you know, shouldn't it be about like your, your throwing motion, you know, your timing on passes? Like, isn't it kind of, kind of weird that, you know, a lot of the scouting stuff is coming down to like hand measurements and, what's my wingspan and you know how you know i mean i guess height and weight makes sense because you, you know you're, if you're going to play pro football you better be able to take a hit but i mean isn't some of the aspects of the scouting a little silly yeah no i think it is for sure i think like they were telling me besides height and weight the next uh physical measurement that they look at for qbs is the hand size that's the next most important which i had no idea until they stuck my hand down and, and penciled it in but no it was cool it was, I guess I have an advantage over some guys. <laughs> the, tracing like yeah, right. a little kid again, right? Uh, like in grade school when we oh, used to trace our hands. My goodness. Hey, uh, David, uh, let me ask you uh, this. In, uh, folks, uh, we have a little Wi-Fi issue on our end, so we apologize to David for uh, a couple of glitches uh, every now and then, but uh, overall we're doing pretty well here. So we'll just continue, and I'll ask you, look, the season ends in mid-November, uh, and the draft and all the undrafted free agency stuff happens basically in early April, uh, give or take, uh, if uh, memory serves here. It seems like a long time to folks, but really, this is a very compressed time frame, isn't it? In terms of you know getting an agent signed up and going out and finding different combine type activities, the combines themselves, participating in them, any bowl games and all the other stuff, the interviews. Kind of, kind of tell us the ringer you're being put through right now for folks that don't know what came next or comes next after your last game of college football to possibly get you to this point? 
Yeah, no, it really has been a, a crazy process already, and it's still got a lot to go. But um, no, it started right after the season. I uh, I had to hire an agent, um, so I hired uh, an agent, Arthur Weiss. You know, a great guy, represents a lot of uh, NFL guys, has a lot in the league right now, has had some in the past. He's been doing it for 30 years. Um, so then after that, you know, it was kind of just deciding on what uh, all-star game slash combine, you know, slash showcase event I wanted to participate in. So I got a couple invites to those, um, ended up choosing the College Great Iron Showcase, uh, which I'm really happy I did. Had a good experience. And then, no, now it's uh, I'm back at school, um, finishing up my last semester at Johns Hopkins. But, you know, it's definitely I got to train, you know, every day. I got to train a lot for this. I have my pro day coming up late March. So I've just been kind of working there. And uh, I have, a, you know, two trainers who are, are willing to help me out with my journey. So we're kind of dialing up that program right now. We're just getting started. And uh, no, it's going to be a crazy couple of weeks slash months. And then after the pro day, you know, we'll see what happens when the draft comes around. But, you know, that, that's kind of what's been going on for me. And I'm really excited about these next couple of months. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the showcase uh, that you went through. I, 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 from what I understand, it's not as much of a like a senior bowl type thing where this, it culminates in this big game at the end of uh, the situation. But uh, we're uh, having on uh, one of the people uh, representing that uh, showcase on our show as well, if we haven't already uh, in this. But just uh, give folks kind of a, a rundown of something like that. And there are others, others out there. We are not just trying to focus on one but you've been through one obviously it was this one kind of give us just the rundown of the things that you know you went through there and you know for folks that might have kids out there that are possibly draft worthy or udfa i guess is the way they say it now worthy what kind of recommendation not about any specific uh showcase or anything would you give them but just about the pathway to what's next i i know you're not there yet david but i think we, a lot of people respect you for your level-headedness and for the amount of diligence you do on the things uh that we've seen you do before uh not just playing the game of football but you you are a real good student of the game of football i know that from talking to a lot of different people and that's why the interest is there for you so kind of give us that view of that one uh, in particular showcase to degree you can and advice to folks out there. Yeah, definitely. So uh, from my personal experience at the College Gridiron Showcase, um, so we came in in the first day, we had uh, weigh-ins, you know, in front of a bunch of scouts, a bunch of guys. Uh, there were guys from, you know, top D3 talent all the way up to F FDS, FBS, 1A talent. So that was cool. Uh, we did the weigh-ins. Next day, uh, we had a practice. It was about three hours in front of a lot of the scouts and you know, I was just doing a lot of individual work. Uh, we did a lot of one-on-ones, we did a lot of seven-on-sevens, you know, just all about showcasing your skills. And then it kind of culminated, like you said, it wasn't like a big game, like a senior bowl game, but we had a scrimmage, a con controlled scrimmage, you know, everybody got reps, um, but which was a lot of fun. You know, I, I really felt good about my play down there. Uh, it was cool, you know, Emery Hunt, uh, everyone knows him in the scouting world. He did a write-up, he was there actually. Uh, I interviewed with him while I was there, but he did a write-up uh, during it and talked about, you know, six that stood out out of the 100, 150 guys, and I made the list. So it sounds like I played uh, pretty well uh, when I was down there. Um, but, no, um, I think that guys who are looking, you know, to play at the next level and have definitely received some attention, I think it's cool to, you know, play in a showcase game like I did. Um, I think only positive things came out of it, but 
I didn't gotta uh, do your research and do your diligence. You know, I, I picked a game that I thought, you know, could best suit my skills and best showcase me in an environment, you know, like I played against D3 talent my whole career. This had talent all the way up to 1A. Um, so I got to showcase my talents in front of a little better competition. But no, I think it's about just picking the right game and right event for you. Um, and, you know, for me personally, I had a great experience and good things came out of it. So, no, I recommend a, a showcase or bowl game, um, the right one to anybody uh, who's who looking to play at the next level and, and has the abilities and has gotten the attention. So. Yeah, it's kind of like a it's sort of, sort of like a rehash of your college search, right? I mean, I'm sure you know, kid with your background had a lot of good options um, aside from Johns Hopkins where you ended up. But it's like one of those things you got to try to find the right combination of people and resources and 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 get it going from there. So, uh, so Dave, I know you're a um, you're still Blue Jays guy. Um, part of our program, we were trying to kind of you know project and analyze going into 2020. So you get to be an unofficial, like in the huddle, uh, you know, college analyst here. Um, we've seen the Centennial Conference send teams to the Final Four the last two seasons. Is that is that a trend that's going to continue? Do you think that is Susquehanna now the team that might make the jump? Um, you know, you're, you've graduated. Uh, sometimes it takes you know programs a year or two to reload after having some you know great talented quarterbacks like yourself uh, move on. What do you? What are your thoughts at a high level um, about the Centennial going into 2020? No, I think the Centennial uh, could contend for the best conference or, or the best conference in Division Three football. You know, I think the the competition from top to the bottom is just great. You know, there's never an easy game in the Centennial. Um, you know, Muhlenberg had a great year this year. They made the Final Four. You know, kudos to them. Um, I, I think there's a number of teams that could that could make the playoff. You know, uh, no, it'll be yours play out and, and see who rises to the top. You know, I think it's really could be anyone's uh, conference, you know, at this point. You know, the competition's so great. You know, it's it's a really cool place to play in my last four years, and I'm, I'm looking forward to become a Centennial football fan, you know, in the future. Okay, Dave, football doesn't work out. Uh, I've I got it on good authority that you've got some backup plans uh, if uh, that should happen, that you are a decent student. Johns Hopkins is a pretty decent school, uh, I've heard. I've heard of it. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not union, but it's, it's okay. Uh, but uh, what happens if uh, football doesn't work out? Uh, what, what road, what path would you take? Would it be job, would it be school, and in what field? I mean, what is the non-football David Tamiro gonna be when someday, Football's not in the equation. Definitely, you know, I think uh, for everybody, your time playing football runs out. And um, I think, you know, being at Johns Hopkins has put me in a great place to succeed outside of uh, football. You know, I'm I'm an applied mathematics and economics double major here, uh, finishing up my last semester. Um, I've done a couple of great internships. My one last summer was uh, in venture capital at a firm called Greenspring Associates uh, on the investment team, which I loved. It was an amazing opportunity. and. I really think my future is, is in that. It's in uh, investing, and I really have a passion for it. Um, I'd say it's one of my hobbies outside of football, um, and I think you know that's where my future and, and career aspirations lie. So, Dave, we're, we're going to wish you luck on that. I'm going to ask you for some investment investment advice after the interview off the air. You know, uh, I, I don't want anybody to accuse me of insider trading or anything like that here. So, you know, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll do that off the air. Uh, you know, JB's a banker and all, but he's never given me really good investment advice. I don't know what the heck that is with that. But David Tamaro, 
We don't have any photos of your brother in basketball uh, play or anything like that this go around, but uh, you might want to include him in your shout outs here. Uh, you know, don't forget about in the huddle when you become this big football player someday or big investment guru, whichever it is or both. Just, just you know, remember Frank and James in your investment. The little people. Yeah, in your trusts and all that. Uh, but go ahead. It's your turn for shout outs. Once again, David Tamiro, thanks for joining us, by the way. Oh, of course. Thank you. And yeah, definitely, you know, first shout out goes to my brother. Uh, thank God we don't have to talk about how you're a better athlete and better basketball player than me this time. Uh, but no, <laughs> thanks also to my to my parents, mom and dad, uh, always supporting me, you know, whether, you know, good, bad or ugly, whatever happened in my life, always the number one people supporting me. Um, and, you know, I want to say shout out to my agent, Arthur Weiss. I think he's been doing a great job and uh, I think we have a great thing going forward. Uh, and we'll see what these next couple of months do. And uh, honestly, I want to give a big shout out to you two, you know, you two are some of my uh, first supporters, um, so I just really want to say thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for everything you've done for me over my career, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, stay in touch and keep in contact moving forward. I know uh, I won't be a Division three football player anymore, uh, but you know, hopefully we can still stay in touch. You know, maybe I can come in as as a guest, maybe co-host in the future, guest star. But you know, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we got a box right there for you. Don't worry. Um, one other thing, though, I do want to, do want to say in all seriousness, uh, your dad, Chris, uh, is somebody who stayed connected with us, big fan of the show and everything else. And we were talking with him last week to kind of get filled in. I know you were in Florida with your girlfriend. Uh, it's sort of uh, trying to take a little relaxation, I think, from this whole process, which is good for you. You need to do that. But, um, you know, his mentality is – hands off until you want to talk to him about something. If you want to bring him in, great, because he is your dad and all. But he doesn't want to get deeply involved because you're an adult and whatnot. And I wish more parents at this point in the process would be like your dad is, because it's spot on. I think what he was telling us, if that is indeed what he's doing, is the way it should be. You are an adult. He's there to sort of help you through any mistakes that get made, but at the same time, he trusts you to make the best decisions possible for your life. And I really salute him for how he is approaching that. I know JB was impressed with uh, our discussion with him last week as well. So Chris, great work. You've obviously done a great job raising David, who is uh, a phenomenal, uh, I can't call you a young man, uh, young adult uh, or mature adult or however you want to call it at this point. And David, we do wish you the best of luck. Keep us posted on how things are going. And with or without football, you're going to be a success. I'm very confident. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Okay, great interviews uh, with Mike and with uh, David. I, I mean, you know, David, we uh, as of the uh, recording of this, we hadn't heard back yet on where things stood for him. Uh, coronavirus may have affected some of his activities. I, I'm pretty sure some of the stuff he wanted to do probably uh, didn't come to fruition. But, you know, JB, he's somebody that, has the uh, the hand size apparently well he's got that according to uh, everybody but um you know just the demeanor and very level-headed individual for a mature individual for his age you can tell we talked to his dad about it all all the time his dad's like he's so mature he makes his own decisions i have no involvement in this and it's great um and that showcase may have helped him you know launch himself a little bit not sure there may have been other things that have done along the way too but Kind of give me your uh, 30,000 foot view of both David and of that showcase to the degree you've seen uh, some stuff from that. 
Well, I think now, especially given that a lot of pro days have, have gone by the wayside, the fact that uh, David did have the opportunity to perform in front of some some scouts, at least he's at least he's a known uh, quantity out there. And one of the things that came up in the interview that uh, which I thought was really interesting is the fact that you know he's been very consistent and very effective at not turning the ball over, which is at the pro level about as big a, a statistic for a quarterback as he could possibly have. So, um, you know, chances of him getting drafted, probably not realistic, but uh, the fact that he has had some some experience in front of scouts and in, in, in some of these showcase types of games should get him at least an invite to a camp. And, um, you know, he might just be another, you know, Joe Callahan type who uh, can find a either backup or third string job and kind of learn the ropes, learn the pro game. I mean, certainly when you look at the some of the most successful quarterbacks in NFL history, uh a lot of them are real smart guys too. Like they, you know, Brady went to Michigan and, and Elway went to Stanford. Doesn't get much better than the Hopkins education. So you know, David certainly has the mental acuity to to absorb you know advanced uh, complex offense offensive playbooks, and he certainly has the physical you know height and size to to make the throw. So if anyone has a chance as a D three quarterback to 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 have an opportunity, it's going to be him. Just uh, taking a look at something here, uh, but the. Um I believe if we uh, end up having information from uh, David in terms of any changes uh, that have happened to him, we'll include those in the Thursday show coming up uh, this week, uh, kind of our final recap uh, of this. Again, we split these out because the length of one show would have been way too long, and plus we want to spread it out, let you get some uh, taste of content across the board uh, little by little here. So uh, Mike Riddleman, I wanted to uh, say though as well, uh, great job in what you're doing. I, again, I can't promote E3 what guy. he does. Yep, exactly. He's uh, it can't promote it, but at the same time, you know, the trajectory of what he's doing seems to be very good, and a lot of people are taking notice of it. So it's got to be something decent at least out there. So consider if you see it and you have an opportunity to be part of it, weigh the uh, pros and cons of it ultimately based on what he told us here about changes they're making and feedback they've gotten and everything else. So uh, a lot mm-hmm. to think about there. JB, let's uh, leave it here. We'll have a full recap on Thursday of anything that's changed along the way. So thanks for joining us again here, folks, on In the Huddle.